you can always help somebody. You know, if you're feeling down or bored or, you know, hopeless or something like that, go help somebody. That is the easiest way to increase your spirits, make you feel better and make them feel better. It's easy to talk about the successes, but what doesn't get talked about enough is the struggle. My name is Eric Weinmayer. I've gotten the chance to ascend Mount Everest, to climb the tallest mountain in every continent, to kayak the Grand Canyon, and I happen to be blind. It's been a struggle to live what I call a no barriers life, to define it, to push the parameters of what it means. And part of the equation is diving into the learning process and trying to illuminate the universal elements that exist along the way. In that unexplored terrain, between those dark places we find ourselves in and the summit, exists a map. That map, that way forward, is what we call no barriers. Today we meet an entrepreneur who answered the Illinois governor's call for nurse support in light of COVID-19. Kate Merrill is a registered nurse who worked in a trauma intensive care unit for 22 years before taking the plunge to open her own bakery in Chicago. Edge of Sweetness was off to a strong start in 2020, hitting its sales targets and quickly becoming a neighborhood favorite. Then COVID-19 hit, and after months of adjusting and taking the necessary precautions, Kate and her staff made the choice to temporarily close. It was then that Kate answered the call from the governor for nurse support and returned to work at the hospital in the COVID ward. After her stint in the COVID ward, she returned to her bakery, where she is poised to make a triumphant return. Enjoy the conversation. Well, Kate, we have been really excited to bring you on our show because I think your story is in many ways the story of so many small businesses across America in terms of how you kind of are eking your way through this time period. And then you've also got this incredible personal journey and decisions you made to go back and support COVID patients. And so we're just real honored to have you here today and looking forward to a great conversation. And I guess I'd love to start with, you know, you you have this amazing bakery edge of sweetness. Where did you first start your passion for cooking? I went to school for nursing. I have no I had no business background, never went to pastry school. So it was all, you know, self-taught. And, you know, I felt like I woke up one day and told my husband, you know, I need to I need to start selling my cookies. And he's like, what? I'm like, I know, I don't want to do it. It's just like a calling that I have that I feel that I need to do. So you know, I need to start doing it. And I, and I was, you know, I was halfway doing it. I was kind of like, Oh, I have an order, you know, I have to do this. And then I thought, well, why are you acting that way? You know, maybe it's because you don't know anything about business and you're fearful and stuff like that. So I tried to learn as much as I could. Um, And then, you know, I was like, well, learn as much as you can. And, you know, if you're done with it, then be done with it. But don't, don't half-ass it, you know. You either have to do it or don't do it. And then you had a pretty good first period, and then COVID struck, right? So that must have been insane. Yeah. Beginning of 2020 was looking really good, and then COVID hit. And it was like, you know, a ton of orders got canceled, and it was like, oh, my gosh, we're like, we finally got it, you know. 
that's such a common experience for small businesses, right? Small businesses, you know, you started this business while you had another job as a nurse. You're raising three kids, as I understand it. You're also trying to start this other business. Finally, you're starting to get a, a headway and boom, this completely unexpected thing hits you. So like what's going through your mind at that time, Kate? Like tell us what's happening in your head. You know, what I tell myself, because I feel like things just happen, right? Like you feel like you're getting up there and somebody's just kind of like dragging you down, right? Mm. They're just trying to be like, hey, come on, come back down here. And everybody feels that way sometimes, I think. And, you know, what I always tell myself is something happens or, you know what this means? This means something really good is going to happen. Like, you know, everything just hits the fan. And then right before something really good happens. So you just have to take it as a learning experience and move on from it. And everything that I've said, you know, throughout my business, I've always said, I know somehow somebody's gonna, I'm gonna somehow get screwed, but as long as I stick to my values, I'm fine with it. And that's what I try to do in the business. So the decisions I make, I try to stick to my values. I'm an honest, I'm an honest person. I ask my family, I can't tell why, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I just feel that if everybody just treated everybody with respect and just acted good, the world would be a better place. So that's, I try to do my part in that. And you didn't want to do retail at first, but then you kind of sound like you got pulled into it, but sounds like one of the, like the premises behind your company is the idea that, Hey, you know, like you hand somebody cookies, but it's, there's way more meaning than that behind the counter, right? Like you can change the trajectory of someone's day through just that small act of interaction, right? Yeah, and that is something that I've grown to love about the business because, you know, as a nurse, I was very, I worked in the ICU and I was a nurse for 22 years and I saw people, you know, from all over, they're, you know, homeless people, people from nursing homes, people who didn't have loved ones and just, you know, putting your hand on their arm, you know, somebody like shuddered when I touched his arm and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt you? He's like, no, it's just that nobody's touched me like that in two years. That stayed with me. I mean, this was probably 10 years ago and that stayed with me. It made me realize that, you know, not everybody has somebody and people just really appreciate you treating them well. And I feel like, you know, everybody deserves it at some time. You know, some people aren't the nicest people, but as long as you treat them with respect and, and welcome them. And so that's what we try to do here. We put personal messages, you know, on the coffee sleeves. And I love listening to the patrons. They're like, oh my gosh, I love this. This is great. This just made my day. Just little things that can turn somebody's day around. And, you know, that's what we're about. Now, I imagine as an ICU nurse prior to running the bakery, you see some really difficult, you know, situations come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And yet your attitude as a business person is, hey, as things get worse, there's always going to be something better. Did you see that sort of thing happen when you were in the ICU as well? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was a trauma nurse. And so you obviously see a lot and you try to make make the most out of the situation that you're in, right? In critical situations, I usually perform 
you know, my best. I'm the calmest one in the room. And I feel like there, like, yes, I save people's lives, right? But that's like in an acute situation. I can, you know, talk to somebody. I can talk to somebody who's a gangbanger and be like, hey, but like, come on, like, what are you doing with your life? You know, let's, let's go on. And, you know, we could have this whole conversation and he could be, yeah, you're right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then two months later, he's back at it, right? It's, you're not continuously in their lives. And here I feel like I have such a bigger reach for some reason. You know, we have our community, but every business or every partnership I have with somebody, it's just about, you know, treating people well and help, helping each other out, right? And oh. hopefully that will pay forward. Hopefully they will do that to other people. And then, you know, it'll just continue to grow and grow and grow. Hmm. I kind of like that. I mean, that's, I know I'm stretching the analogy here a little bit, but it's like, hey, treat them really well and have this beautiful connection and relationship in the bakery and maybe uh, help them just a little bit not to meet them again at the, at the ICU. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even that. <laughs> like, I haven't thought about that. But yeah, like, you know, I just hope that they, if, if they're not feeling great one day, they come in here, they feel better, they walk out, they say hi to somebody else, make they, their day better. That person feels great. They do it to somebody else. You know, it's just, you can do it on a personal level. And then you can do it on a bigger level like that as well, where you're like, keeping people out of trouble, you know. So, but then COVID hits and you just get totally thrown, right? Like you're retraining employees, trying to figure out how to do things safely, how to, you know, basically create a new strategy for your business, right? And you're committed to staying open, right? At, at the beginning, at least. Well, so what we did, I read about it. We had a bunch of stuff going on for St. Patrick's Day. Obviously that got canceled um, and I was reading about it and I felt like our, our neighborhood, I'm in Chicago, but our neighborhood is like a small town. Everybody's very supportive, locally supportive and everything like that. And I felt like our customers were coming in to support us and we were here to support them. And I just felt that was a dangerous situation because many people are higher risk. You know, they may be people of the older population. And so I know that I could not live with myself if I knew that something spread in our community through here. So I shut down. So I initially shut down. Um, I had to lay off all my employees. And then I was down for, I think a week and a half. And then I started doing like a weekly stock up sale and I was the one doing everything because I just wanted to keep it safe and clean. So I did that for about four weeks by myself. And then my kids would come, my daughter would come and help me in the kitchen. The kids would help me pack up. So you go from uh, your bakery that you close up and then you get a call from a friend of yours talking or, or asking at least if you would come back to nursing, right? Yes. You know, she was trying to plan. They were not hit bad there yet. But she's like, I'm trying to plan because I know this is going to hit and it's going to hit bad. So um, she's like, will you come back? And I said, if you guys need me, of course I'll come back. You know, like I'm not, I'm not going to leave you hanging. Um, but I do have a business and I can't be at the business if I'm working with COVID patients. 
So, you know, I worked that out with the hospital. Um, and at that time, I had gotten, right before I went back, I got a PPP loan. And um, they, you know, so I was able to bring back some employees with that. And, I mean, it strikes me that you made that decision pretty easily. Were you not, I mean, you've got three kids, you're running a business, and COVID's hitting, and yeah, yeah, yeah you've been through a lot, and I see you, but I mean, this is this is kind of different, right? This is a, a risk that you could bring to your business, to your own family. How did, how did you process that whole risk? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of reasons that you could have easily said, no, thanks, I'm not coming back to the to the ICU, right? Like there's just too much risk. It's too scary. I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Like I know people say that and it, like to me, I always say if, if you're at your kid's baseball game and somebody gets hit in the head with the ball and if you're a nurse or you're a doctor, or you're a healthcare professional, you're gonna go out and check on them, right? Like you're gonna go help them. And so, for me, it was a no-brainer. Like, yeah. oh, I have this training. Like, I, I worked with multi-system organ failure, with lung disease, all this other stuff, and help is needed. So I should be going. And then I was like, oh, I told my husband. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I should ask you. Like, this, this is, you know, I realized. I said, <laughs> this is kind of, you know, risky. Like, what do you think? And and I said to my kids too. You know, my husband said separately from my kids, he said, well, I don't want you to do it because of safety reasons, but I mean, this is what you're trained in. You need to go help people. I asked my kids and my daughter's like, she's like, it's the right thing to do. And, you know, that's what I've always tried to tell them growing up. I said, you know, in any situation, just try to do the right thing. Your husband maybe said, you know, hey, I, I mean, I get that you're taking on risk, but if our kids ever got sick, I would want you to be the one stepping up to the plate. And that's pretty damn beautiful. He did. Yeah, he's he's a sweetheart. Yeah, I forgot about that. He did. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was good. Like we planned it beforehand. Like I asked Liza, my friend from the hospital, I said, what do you do? Because she has two kids at home, too. Like everybody has families. You know, there's doctors that live with their parents. There's people who live with their parents. Like everybody has some kind of risk and you just have to take those precautions. And, you know, my family has been great. So walk us through, you, you decide, you make that decision and this is early on, right? So this is before all the things we know now, before there's been progress on saving lives and a better hospital experience and you're coming in at a time when we don't know all that. So tell us about that experience, going back to nursing at a time in the early phases of COVID in a big city. Well, I went back in April. And so, yeah, we didn't know, you know, when I went back, I was like, oh, I got to read about this and, you know, how it's being treated and protocol. So then I'm up to snuff on how to treat these patients. So I was researching it a bit and trying to find, you know, protocols and what other hospitals are doing because New York was already been, you know, annihilated by it. So I thought they may have some research on it or, you know, something. And so, you know, I, I was reading about that and I went to the hospital and I was like, okay, what, you know, what's, what's the treatment plan? What are we doing here? You know? And at that point, nobody was, once, once you got in the ICU and you're intubated, nobody was surviving. 
And it was so sad. Like I, you can't believe it unless you actually physically see it. Cause even I was at work and there was somebody else at work and he came back to work too. in the ICU, like there were a few of us who came back and one day we were just working and it was probably, you know, we had nine patients in our unit and five of them could have died that day. And it was code blue, code blue, code blue. They're calling us from downstairs. Do you expect anybody to die? Cause we have more patients to come up. They'd be, you know, the, the overhead thing, you know, the, the intercom is like going off every half an hour, code anesthesia on this floor, you know, on the COVID floor. I mean, it was just like, what? I cannot believe we're in this. I mean, it's horrible, horrible. So very scary. Um, nothing I want to go back to. How long were you at the ICU again when you went back? So I was there six weeks and I had told them I would be there until the end of May. Then I said, I need to go back to my business. I was in the surgical intensive care unit. So all the COVID patients initially went to the medical intensive care unit, then overflow came to our unit. So then the trauma patients all went to the recovery room. So um, we could keep them separate. So by the time I left, I think we only had one COVID patient on the unit. So they had slowed down. So they were set and they were staffed. They had hired more staff. So I felt comfortable leaving there at that time. And how do you manage, you know, there's a lot written about the mental health uh, issues for nurses and people who are going through this over and over again and now it's happening again like when you think about yourself like you're you're talking about this very matter-of-factly like this is what you did this is what it was like but that must be really hard to deal with the emotions you get off of a day when there's all these code blues and people are you know dying or at risk of dying you got check out you got to go back to your family meanwhile you're still trying to keep a business running like how do you handle all that yeah it was really tough I would go home a lot of nights uh, and just hug my kids with tears in my eyes. And I knew I had responsibilities at the bakery as well. And, you know, trying to keep those, the employees working as well as training them through it because they're used to me being here. And I, you know, I got through it. I know people that I worked with at the hospital you know, would come into the bakery afterwards and there are different hospitals. So as well. And, you know, we just kind of talk about it and we're like, oh my gosh, like I know we're all going to have PTSD someday. And I have to tell you, I had it recently. <laughs> so what happened? Just, uh, well, uh, uh, so my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer just last month. And so that really triggered I, th I think it brought up a lot. I mean, I think this idea that we're going through life and, you know, a successive theory series of things starts happening that is unanticipated and devastating. And how do we keep going forward? You know, like, I think you've got this right. story, the, the COVID impact on your business, the commitment to the nurse, nursing, going back to the business, which we haven't gotten to that part of the story. And then all of a sudden you have this deeply 
devastating personal news and you've been geared up for all these other things and then this thing hits and it's got to be overwhelming. I, I think it came tumbling down and you know the thing I told my my kids and my husband I said you know what nobody has to be strong for anybody. If you're upset and you want to cry and you want to talk about it, let's do it. I've had a lot of a lot of heaving, crying moments, and and I feel like people need that sometimes. Just heaving, crying, and then after that, I feel better. It's just sometimes you just need to get it out, just release it, feel it, own it, and okay, now let's pick up the pieces. You know, just. Do what you can, make the most out of the situation you're in, hopefully learn from it, and move on. That's it. And learning from it, you know, people talk about adversity kind of bringing in innovation sometimes. Did you find that happen with your business? Is there any innovations, any new things that came out of the COVID crisis where your business is better? I have made my cookies since I was 12 years old. Every single time I take a bite out of the oatmeal raisin cookie, I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. And it just, it brings back that like warm, comfortable, I don't know if you had a grandma that baked really well or a mom or aunt or somebody like that. It just, it's just like of course, a comforting feeling. And so um, I want any everybody to be able to have that. And so I've, I'd been so busy with the retail and I have to do this and do that. And I was like, wait a minute, I wanted to get my cookie like doughs, mixes, dry mixes and frozen cookie dough in stores. Let's do this. Like let's work on this. This is the time. Yeah. And so, um, it, you know, it makes you look at your business plan again and, and really focus and realize what is important. And, you know, it also helped me realize that, I need to be with my family a little bit more. And so it's important for me, you know, to be home at night, even if it's three days a week. Uh, it's helped me realize that on a personal level, business level, I have really been focused on our vision and our mission and making people's lives easier, better, more personal, more personal. And that, that's just what I want to do here. Well, I love this concept that, you know, we also teach too, which is like when, when times get tough in your business, the place to go to is your vision and to re relook at it and really hunker down on what it is you're trying to do in your life and your work. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. Yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> okay. Do you have any advice for other small business owners? I mean, because like, for instance, I talked to my brother pretty close with him and he just opened a, a world gym before the COVID crisis. And it's just like bad timing, you know, just really struggling. Yeah. Is there any advice you might throw out to people? My biggest advice is mission, vision, and just go for your mission and vision. Um, a lot of times we think about how are we going to pay the bills? Are we, you know, what do we have to do to pay the bills? But first focus on mission and vision and that will help you realize how to pay the goals, right? Because you've, you've developed this business concept for a reason, right? And, and you have to, I feel like if you're 
working and living your vision and your mission, you're much more passionate about it, it's going to come to fruition. It's going to happen. You just have to stick to it and just keep eye on the goal, right? And I think you've already kind of talked about this as well, but what is, what's your mission and vision? Like, how do you define those for people? So um, our vision statement is in every interaction with the edge of sweetness, our customers will feel our integrity, our community and the comforts of home. And, you know, we, we make it personal in everything that we do. And, and it's so great because like when I surveyed the customers, you know, before this, I was like, well, you know, what, what does the bakery feel like? You know, what kind of feelings do you have? They're like, I feel like I'm at home when I'm there. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. (laughs) That's your mission. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so great. I love it. But yeah, it's about personal relationships. People are, are lacking that these days, especially with all the remote everything. So not all of our listeners live in the Chicago area. Is there any way for all of us to try some of these amazing baked goods from you or not yet? Yes, there is. It's edgeofsweetness.com. Edgeofsweetness.com. It sounds like we all know what we'll be getting for our friends and relatives for the holiday season. <laughs> A little taste of I home. I hope so. And- Some oatmeal yeah. cookies. God, I need one now. <laughs> yeah, um, those okay, oatmeal so you- cookies, I'm telling you. I know. I need to. I need to 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 get a sense of my grandmother's house again. I got you. So, it sounds like this decision for you was pretty cut and dry, pretty black and white, right? Like you just were like, I knew I needed to pause my business and go back and be a nurse because I'm needed. That's what I do. Uh, that's what somebody in the medical care world does. If somebody gets hit in the head with a ball, you go out and you help. Okay, so. But for a lot of people, it's not that easy, Kate. So, you know, they're struggling at this time to think about how do I make an impact in the world? Is there any way I elevate, I can elevate myself and others in this time? Or do I just kind of shrink and just like hibernate and maybe sleep as much as I can and get through it, just survive? What's any advice for, for, for others who are trying to think about their place in this situation? Yeah, you can always help somebody. You know, I feel like everything I do is very selfish because it makes me feel good to have other people feel good, right? So if you're feeling down or bored or, you know, hopeless or something like that, go help somebody. That is the easiest way to increase your spirits, make you feel better and make them feel better. You know, the point of it is to make them feel a little bit better. So you can always do something. You can Mm -hmm. always do something, whether it's a smile, even though everybody's wearing a mask, a wave. Um, If it's wearing a mask, that would be amazing if you just wore a mask. It's not going to harm you, and it can save somebody else. So just do it. Like, there's so many little things that can be done. A nice gesture to somebody, a phone call, a text, a thinking about you. I had friends who would just randomly text me once a week thinking about you. It's the best thing. It was great. Yeah. And you get charged up by that, right? Like I know my family, we've talked about the idea that this is going to be a really hard holiday season for people mm-hmm. not being able to see their relatives and how many people are just right on the edge of poverty or, or all kinds of challenges. And so we decided we're going to go through one, this charity and help another family during Christmas. 
and that just charged up our family and united our family and we're going to have the kids getting into it and and so i'm charged up by that right now just thinking about how can i help other people in such a dark time so yeah i get what you're saying and even if you don't have money like you can always help somebody you can always help somebody you know again a kind word you know a bottle of water (laughs) some mittens or you know helping somebody across the street (laughs) yes exactly i mean there are so many there are so many ways you know you don't have to have a million dollars to help somebody you just need to see another human being well i hope people will do that good advice so do i well kate we really appreciate you joining us for this conversation today as always, our listeners can find show notes. We'll list any of the websites that were referenced here, any details. Kate, we wish you the very best of luck in your business endeavor and uh, certainly wish your mom health and happiness and a lot of time with the family. Thank you very much. And I want to thank you, both of you, for doing what you do and continuing to do what you do. I know you elevate a lot of people. And that's so great. And I know you see uh, the change in people's lives, and it has to be so amazing to see that. Thank you. Take care, Kate. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Bye-bye. I, I really love the way she ended that, right? Which is everyone can help somebody. It doesn't matter whether you have money or not. You just have to see people. And that's that's pretty profound for me, right? Because it is hard, right? I'm feeling this pandemic right now, right? Everyone's it's so natural just to retreat and, and that may be fine. Right. But, but what she's saying is just like step up and, and see people. And that connects us more to our sense of humanity. I, I feel like I need that right now. I need to feel that connection. So I think you have to work a little harder to make that connection right now. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And I really love the, for all those small businesses, small business owners out there, you know, that just the idea that focusing on your vision and your mission and your heart and soul and why you're in this to begin with and merging that with what you need for your family at this time is like the best that you can do um, to re, re um, kind of hunker down and say, gosh, what did I, what am I in this for? And uh, I think what we saw from Kate is she found a pathway to really redefine her vision and now seems very energized by it, despite the fact that COVID caused her to close her store, you know? And um, so I think that's a pretty powerful way to kind of think about your, your small business. So, yeah. And to get all profound, I mean, like when we look back at this era, I think in this profound crisis, there's going to be these huge profound shifts in behavior. Maybe not all of them good, but some of them may be bad, but there's, there's just going to be huge shifts in the way people think about their lives and, and reassess what they're here to do. Yeah, so true. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. We appreciate your support. As always, you can go to nobearersusa.org to learn more about how to get involved in all of our amazing virtual courses and programming right now. And look forward to seeing you in person sometime in 2021. Thanks so much. No barriers. Uh-huh. 
production team behind this podcast includes senior producer Pauline Schaefer, sound design, editing, and mixing by Tyler Cotman, graphics by Sam Davis, and marketing support by Megan Lee and Carly Sandsmark. Special thanks to the Dan Ryan Band for our intro song, Guidance. And thanks to all of you for listening. We know that you've got a lot of choices about how you can spend your time, and we appreciate you spending it with us. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe to it, share it, and give us a review. Show notes can be found at nobarrierspodcast.com.